to uh, Acts chapter 17. You need a copy of the, of the Word. You might find it in front of you um, if you want to use your phone or your tablet. Uh, and yeah, right, Acts chapter 17, verse 16. So last time we met, we learned that Paul, he, um, and he met the Bereans, right? They're from Berea, and these, these Bereans were people who were, who were thinkers, right? They, 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 they were testers. Um, they wanted to know if the claims of Jesus Christ were true. Right, Paul, he came and he brought them a message saying that Jesus is the Messiah. Right? You, guys, you, guys, you guys are reading the Old Testament and, and you guys are learning about this Messiah, this anointed one who's going to come. Well, he's come. And his name is Jesus. Right, they wanted to see if the resurrection was possible. If it could be possible, is there evidence for that? Right, they didn't just turn off their brains and, 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 you know, and just leave their brains at the door to just check out. But instead they investigated, they examined the scriptures to see if it was true. And as a result, many people believed. But also things got rowdy and dangerous. So the riot, people were rioting. People wanted to, to capture Paul and, and um, get him in trouble. So he had to leave. And we see that he left and he came to this city called Athens. And, and, we, and we, I was even uh, following the, the journey of Paul. We see that as he encounters people, people's lives are being changed. Right? He's on this journey. It's, it's, it's a fascinating journey. It's a dangerous journey, but it's a journey that, that is so meaningful. And, and really, as we were seeing, you know, the cross, it, it tells us to come and, 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 and let's, let's die to ourselves and let's live for Christ, right? So as he reaches Athens, let's read what happens. I'm just going to read um, verse 16 first. So while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So I just want to bring up, okay, great, thank you so much. So it's hard to see, but um, Athens, Athens, is, Athens is right here on the lower tip right here. Um, Berea's right up there near Macedonia. Right? That's what we talked about. It's kind of it's near the ocean as well, near the sea. Um, and yeah, Athens is right down there. And, and this, this city, it took up about a thousand square miles. It was located uh, you know, between the mountains and the, and the sea. And I was, as I was learning about Athens, it said that um, the glory of Athens had faded by the time Paul briefly visited the city on his second missionary journey. Right? He was, the, the city was exhausted by war and it was overshadowed by Rome. Right? Athens had lost its political importance and most of her cultural significance. By the first century AD, Athens had become a provincial city of the Roman Empire, important only for its schools of philosophy, to which upper-class Romans went to as a university. Right, so this place, it was a place of thinkers, right? And growing up, Paul would have heard and learned about Athens, the city with a deep history, but this is the first time that we, that we see that Paul has visited here. And so I want you guys to think about, you know, the first time you went somewhere or he met someone, uh, what kind of things did you, did you notice? Uh, and as I've been chatting with, you know, some of the freshmen uh, at our church, just learning about, hey, what's your experience in the fir- first week in high school? What is, that, what is that like, you know? And I got responses like, it's, it's so much bigger, right? Just so many more people, like maybe three times more people, right? Uh, so many more classrooms. Um, maybe uh, there's more homework, right? The homework takes longer to finish. There's more tests. And tests actually, like, mean something now. 
right? Like, I got to get an A or whatever. I got to get that uh, good GPA so then, you know, I can get to a good college. Um, there's more, yeah, there's just people care about different things. Uh, people dress differently. And so what did Paul notice? It says that he was greatly distressed. Or some translations use um, his spirit was distressed, meaning how he was feeling inside, it wasn't at ease. It wasn't at rest, right? It was, it was irritated. It was provoked. And why? Because he saw that the city was full of idols. So Paul probably, when he got there, he did some sightseeing. You know, maybe he took a tour. He got a lay of the land to kind of see what this city is really like with his own eyes. And he was distressed. But did he just say a prayer and he just, he just moved on? What did Paul do? Verse 17. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. All right, a group of, oh, bless you, a, a group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to dispute with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Right, then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. Or you are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we want to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. So we see that he went back to the synagogue. The last two times he went to the synagogue to preach the gospel, he, he almost got arrested, right? He, he, almost, like, but a bit, uh, he was almost caught by the riots, and, and uh, maybe something bad would have happened to him. Maybe he would have been put in prison. And yet he went back to the Jews who, would, who could have treated him like a heretic. They could have said, hey, this Jesus, it doesn't match what we see in the Bible. No, you're actually spreading a false gospel, and we don't like what you're doing. But he went back. And not only did he reason with Jews, but God-fearing Greeks as well. But he also went to the marketplace to reason with anyone that was there. So the marketplace was this common area in the city um, that people would just congregate, like you might see children playing there. You might be, see people like, just having conversations. You might see people giving speeches or having uh, you know, debates. You might be seeing people uh, have business transactions. It was that common area. People might have been also looking for jobs in that area. Like, you know, just standing there, hey, hire me for a day. One, one denarii, right? It was a center of public life. And it was a really strategic place for Paul to meet up and just talk with people. And as we, as we see, he meets two groups of people, the Epicureans and the Stoics. So the, the Epicureans, they, uh, they follow the, the teacher, he's called Epicurus. Uh, he, it says that he died in Athens, B.C. 270, around there, 270. So the Epicureans, they, they taught that one should arrange their life in such a way that it's completely free of stress. Right, including stress that is brought about by overindulgence and pleasure-seeking. So, in a sense, like these people, they wanted to have a smooth life. That was the highest aim, just to have a smooth life. Maybe some of us feel that way. Maybe like, man, you know, the way I pray to God is, 
God, would you help me you know, get through things smoothly, get me through the week smoothly, right? Just make sure that I don't get any you know, hiccups, just like, you know, God, just, I just need to survive, you know, just, just make it smooth. Like, sometimes we pray that way, right? And secondly, we have the Stoics. The Stoics, um, they were followers of this man called uh, Zeno. Zeno, and um, they taught that one should align one's expectations with the logos, which is a natural law of the cosmos, just the way things are, are meant to be, the way things are, just, just kind of follow that, go with that, and then don't worry about the rest. Right, so you just you need to figure out like, what that is, and then just align your life with that, and then you know, things will go well, and that's just the way you should live. So there's these two groups of people that, that have different ways of, of thinking, and, and, and it actually, like these ideas, it's, it's actually pretty close to this concept called hedonism, which is a doctrine that, that pleasure or happiness is the sole or chief goal of one's life. And, and a lot of people that I've talked to in the past, uh, they just told me like, hey, I just, I just want to be happy in life. You know, I just want to do whatever makes me happy. I just want to live life to the fullest. Um, and that's just what I want to do. And maybe some of us think that way. Maybe we know people who think that way. So what are some other life philosophies out there? Um, one, one that I think of, that you know, because I watched it like during the summer, uh, the live-action Lion King. Right? It, you know, there's that, that famous phrase, right? You guys know that, what I'm talking about? Right? Hakuna Matata? It's just, what, it, what does that mean? Yeah, there we go, there we go. Yeah, it means no worries, right? No worries for the rest of your days, right? It's your, it's your problem-free philosophy, All right? So just, you know, like, just don't worry about it, you know? Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. What about Jungle Book? There's that, there's that famous, you know, song as well, Jungle Book. Not that one. I don't know, that's from Jungle, is that Jungle Book? <laughs> Wait, I'm talking about uh, bare necessities. You guys know bare necessities? There's that live action like Mowgli movie too, right? So it, it says uh, the simple bare necessities, right? Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the simple bare necessities, old Mother Nature's recipes that brings the bare necessities of life. Right? That's what it. That's what it's talking about. It means you know, don't don't try too hard. Just kind of relax. Just enjoy life. Like, you know, just, just take it easy. You know, like, just chill, bro. Just chill. Like, it's going to, it's going to work out. Right? Just Mother Nature's got it. Figure it out. You know, you just need to follow along. Right? And it's really interesting because in, mo- uh, in these two movies, it's like, you know, um, like these animals, like, you know, trying to teach other, an- like, you know, like, teach other people, like, how to live, and, like, I gotta figure it out, so I just, I just think that's really interesting, and growing up as a kid, you just, like, want to sing along, you're like, oh, that sounds so good, but, like, what is it actually saying, though, right? So, Epicurus, he died about 300 years ago, um, before Jesus Christ, and, uh, and these, and these people, uh, Zeno, he died, like, about 250 years ago, before Jesus Christ, and Jesus, he's in heaven, went with the Father, and what I find really interesting is the fact that here we have Three groups of disciples now, and three groups of disciples. Uh, one disciple, one group of disciples, they follow Epicurus. The other disciples, they follow Zeno. And then a third group of disciples, Paul and his companions, 
they follow Jesus. All right, so they're, they're all disciples of something. We're all disciples of something or someone. Or we all follow something. We all want to like, imitate something. But what is that? So these three people, these three groups, they're engaging in philosophy, they're reasoning, and they want to hear each other out and just kind of see who's right. So I want to show you guys a, a clip. Um, it's, from, it's from Ip Man 2. Ip Man 2. So Ip Man is like this classic martial arts movie, right? It's, people are like, oh, this is like Chinese propaganda or something. But okay, like this is like really classic movie. Um, so I just want to show you guys uh, this clip. So um, before I show it, I just want to give you guys a background. Oh, thank you. So Ip Man, he wants to start his own school. So he's in Hong Kong, and he wants to start his own like martial arts school. Um, but the local masters, they already have like pre-existing schools, and they're like, you know, like we don't, we don't want you to open up another school, right? Because that might cause like competition or whatnot. Um, so like we don't want you to open up a school. So so he has to like kind of prove that he's good enough, and he's good enough to like teach and start his own school. So that's kind of what they're gathering about today. They're like in some restaurant or something. Um, so and then and they're going to like kind of like showcase some stuff. So I'm just, I'll just let's just play it. But I, I grew up watching this kind of stuff, so I, I find it really entertaining. Um, if you want to, you know, watch it, you can you could you could search it up like online, or you can like probably rent it from the um, or borrow it from the library. So, so they have this guy, it man, right? He's the you know he's the follower of this the style called Yongchun, right? Or Wing Wing Chang, right? Yongchun. I don't know how to say it in in Cantonese. It's it's too hard for me. Um, but like it's like this special style, right? It's different than the other local masters, and he's he's you know, they're pitting against each other, and all their disciples they're they're watching like who's going to come out on top, and we see that you know it, it's kind of like the same thing that's happening here. Although Paul's he's not like you know like throwing hands you know with with, with other people, but kind of like they're they're engaging each other through their minds, right, through their words. And upon, uh, upon hearing Paul speak about foreign divinities they, and, and Jesus' resurrection, um, he was invited to go to this place called the Areopagus. The Areopagus, it, I just want to show you uh, maybe some photos, probably in the back, maybe one more. Uh, okay, so, this, so right, this is a photo from the Areopagus. You're just looking down into Athens. Uh, I think there's another picture in front that shows it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here. So this is the Areopagus, right? So they would have been meeting in, in a place like this where, where he could speak to people, right? So I'm just going to read verse 22 now, and let, let's kind of see what, what he says. So Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. All right, for as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. 
Now, what you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. So Paul, he observed them, right? He looked at their culture, what they valued. Right? He looked at the way they thought. He talked with them daily, right? In the synagogue, in the marketplace. So I want you guys, I want you guys to practice something right now. It's not too hard. With the person next to you, I just want you to ask them how, how they spent their weekend so far. Just, just, just ask them that question. And ask each other. How have you spent your weekend so far? Okay, so it's a very simple question, right? Like, this is a question that you could ask anyone, and it wouldn't be, like, too weird unless you, like, you know, do something that weirds them out. Like, you know, but, like, it's not too weird to ask friends or something, right? And I'm sure by asking those questions, you, you learn something about them. You learn something about their life. Maybe if there's a student, they'll say, like, oh, I'm just studying for tests. I'm working on projects. You know, if, if they're working, maybe they're like, oh, I'm running errands on my weekends, or like, I'm, I'm just sleeping because I'm so tired or whatnot. You know, like, or if, you, you'll figure what the, something about their life. And if you ask a lot of people, you get a better idea of what people do in the Bay Area. So it's a very, like, simple question. It, it's not too big. And I see that, that Paul, he's kind of doing the same thing. He, he learned about them. He talked with them. He engaged with them. And he said, in every way, you are very religious. Like, Why? Because Paul, he looked carefully at their objects of worship and found an altar to an unknown god. All right, so the people of Athens, they worshiped many gods. The name Athens actually comes from the goddess Athena. The goddess Athena was a goddess of wisdom and war. But they also, they didn't want to fear leaving out any god. Why? Because gods were meant to be you know, respected, to be, to be honored. These were powerful beings. Uh, you would sacrifice to them, you would pray to them, you would sacrifice to them so that they would give you, uh, uh, you know, a good harvest. You would, you would worship them so that they would give you the rain, right, for your, for your crops, right, for things to grow. Right? You, would, you, would, you wouldn't want to do anything that would anger them. Right? The gods were there to be appeased. So they wanted to include a god, even though they didn't know anything about that god. So what does he say? He says that, you are ignorant right, of the very thing that you worship. You don't know who you are worshiping. But let me tell you about a God that fits this description. And this is the God that you've been looking for. And I want to tell you about it. I want to tell you about him. So let's read in verse 24, follow along in your Bibles. It says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Right, though he is not far from each one of us, 
For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So God doesn't need us. Does that shock you guys? Does that shock anyone here that God doesn't need us? God can take care of himself just fine. He doesn't need us to build a a temple for him. We don't need to build him a house or else he'll be homeless. We don't need to feed him like oranges or like bottled water or else he's going to go hungry or starve. He doesn't need our money. In fact, it's the other way around. In fact, God is the one who created everything. God is the one who created us, right? All life, it says here, originated from God. And through one man, which we know as Adam, entire nations came, but God didn't just stop there. He didn't just create everything and then disappear, as some people think. No, yeah, maybe God exists, but he's not involved in the world today. He's not involved with people. He doesn't want to do anything with people. But that's not true, because we see that God didn't just stop there. Instead, we see that God, he's someone who's active in human affairs. It says that God marked out appointed times in history and bounds of land. Right? He knew and he determined who would exist when and where. And God is so active in the world today. Why? Why is that the case? Why is God active in the world? The answer is so that people would seek him. Right? The people would perhaps reach out and find him. Right? That is the purpose. And that he's not far away from each one of us. Our God wants us to know him. This is the type of God that we have. It's not some God where we just like sacrifice some stuff and then like, you know, like say some chants or something and then that God will bless our lives and that, that's it. No, but God really wants us to know him. God wants us to know his will, which we've been kind of talking about. And is know his will so much that we don't need to pray special prayers for like special direction, but we know him so well that we would know what he wants for us. And we go and do that thing in freedom. And in fact, Paul even takes it a step further. He says, well, you know what? Actually, you already have a connection to him. Even though you feel like you don't know him, but you already have a connection. Why? Because we are his offspring. We are offspring. Meaning, you know, we, we come from God. In him, right, we live and move and have our being. In Genesis 1 and 2, we read that man was created in the image of God. We are reliving reflections of who God is. Although we are not perfect, who we are is a reflection of God. And even their own poet quoted something like this. It said, we are his offspring. So that, that, that comes from this uh, it's a Cilician Stoic philosopher named Aratus. So Paul, he even knew their culture so well that he quoted you know, their own culture, and say, like, hey, even you guys have some kind of concept like this. So let me show you and enlighten you what that actually means. Who is that talking about? Right? He was able to understand them and relate to them so that he could help them. So let, let's continue reading. All right. From verse, uh, let me see, 29 is 29? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that divine beings is like gold or silver or stone, 
All right, sorry, uh, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design and skill. Right? In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Right? For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. Right? So, Paul, he's talking about this God who's amazing, right? So then how could people think that God is like gold, stone, or silver? Right? Objects made by human design or skill. Right? How could we then think that? He's, he's, he's arguing with them and saying, isn't that, isn't that, like, isn't that ridiculous? Isn't that just crazy? Right? Think about it. If it would be, like, how crazy it would be to say, you know, like, you say to your parents, and you say, you say to your parents, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you my son. Like, you say to your dad, I'm going to call you my son. You know? or, or you say to your mom, I'm going to call you my daughter. Or like, you say, oh, I created you. you know, I gave birth to you. Like, isn't, that would be really ridiculous. Like, maybe you might, like, you know, be punished or something like that, you know? Like, that's just really ridiculous. And that's what he's showing here. It's like, God created everything. Then how could you say that, like, you could create, like, God, in a sense? So I want you guys to show you uh, just uh, a comic. Um, it's by Marvel. It's, it's uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow Marvel or anything. This is kind of small. I, I, I thought it would be bigger on, on, uh, when, I, when I made the PowerPoint. But I'll just read it to you guys. You guys know Thanos, right? Thanos. Uh, some of you guys follow them. So uh, this is just one, one comic series. So like other, under renditions might have different stories. But I'll just read it to you guys. So it says, uh, oh man, this is actually really hard to read. Maybe, Howard, could you help us to read it? Uh, okay. There will be no denying it's you are supreme. Anything you wish to be, you are. Anything you wish is. Nothing in this universe dares challenge that claim. There be only one word to describe you. Yeah, so basically from this first page, it's like, you are supreme. You know, like, no one else is like you. And anything you want, you can, it, it, it happens Right? No one can challenge you, and, and, and what's this only word to describe you? So let's show this next one. Maybe you could help us out with the rest, Howard. God? Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, within your grasp rests the infinite. My humble personable personage bows before your grandeur. I am proud to be your first acolyte and bask in the glory of your divine presence. Oh, this is the right guy. Um, how may I serve you, great Thanos? By following silent Mephisto. Uh, yeah, so it's hard to see, but there's actually like another dude right here. All right, there's another dude right here, and he's kind of like the guy that's been like saying all those things. He's been like kind of praising this guy, Thanos. So this guy's Mephisto, and um, he's often known as like the devil. Um, yeah, so he's kind of praising him like, you're so divine, you're so awesome. And it's like, this word describes who you are. Like, God. All right, next slide. And we're just going to do the left side. The moment is upon us when the stars must come to realize the absolute truth of your words. None shall deny me my righteous place in the pantheon of the cosmic gods. I claim a seat at the head of the table. 
Yeah. Wait, okay, thank you, Howard. Sorry, it was a little small. Um, it was bigger on my screen at home. So we see that Thanos, he thinks he's a god. Right? And his underling believes that as well, right? Not only is he a god, but he deserves what? A seat at the head of the table. Right? This pantheon, this, 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 you know, this group of gods, he is above them all. Right? That's what he's saying about himself. And most of us who you know, watch Marvel movies or if you watch you know, Endgame, you'll know that Thanos isn't all that he claims to be or, or he isn't that person that, that, that he wants people to think he is. Right? Thanos is powerful, sure, that's, that's true. But he, okay, I'm going to spoil it for you. I mean, it's already been out for a while, but Thanos dies, okay? Thanos dies. He dies and he's not resurrected. He doesn't come back to life. But this guy who thinks he's so powerful, he's a god, you know, anything that he wants can happen, you know, like anything, like no one can rival him. And he dies, he loses. But unlike this other guy who goes by the name of Jesus, right? We know that Jesus, he'll come back again. That's what it says here. That Jesus, he's going to come back with justice. And he's going to judge the world. So Paul, in this passage here, in his little speech, he gives a rough outline on how to share the gospel. I don't know if you guys were able to catch that. And I'm just going to share it with you. So maybe when you talk to someone with, uh, about God, you can try to follow this, this kind of rough guideline. Okay, You don't have to follow it exactly, but it might help you kind of have some good talk. So the first one is, talk about who God is. Talk about who God is. Paul, he started with that. He says, you know, God, he's the creator, and he's above all other gods. Talk about who we are as people. Our identity. You know, we are his offspring. We are his creation. Talk about what we've done, though, as, as people. We've made idols, and we've worshipped them. But what does God want us to do? Or he wants us to repent. That's what it says here. To repent and to turn away. Turn away from worthless idols. And how can we know that this is true, though? What does it say here? He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. If that's true, then this is true. That's what it's saying. And if this is true, then we should do something about that, right? We should, be ur- we, we should have urgency. Or we don't have the exact type of idols in the Bay Area. Like, you know, you might not see, like, you know like, you know, Athena or something like that. You might, see, you might not see, like, Greek, you know, gods, like, idols of them, like, you know, statues or something. You might not see that. But we have other idols in the, in the Silicon Valley, but things that take away our devotion to God, but things that try to replace the things that God uh, has for us, uh, replace what God is to us, are things that say that they can promise us, you know, happiness, promise us true fulfillment in life, purpose, so recently, uh, I don't know if you guys followed the Apple event. Right? Apple event was what? Uh, it was this month, right? Last week, was it? Last week, right? Apple event, you know, everyone's like just talking about that. You see on the news so much. Um, you go on YouTube, you search up like iPhone or Apple like 11 or the new latest Apple, Pro, uh, I know, like iPad Pro or a new, new like cheaper MacBooks. Like you'll see like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos on those type of things. Right, you'll, you'll see people, you know, they stay up late or when they wake up early, they want to pre-order. 
Um, like you, you see, like, like my, 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 my girlfriend May, she's always worried about when like, these new texts come out, because then I, I oftentimes like, spend a lot of time like, looking into those kind of things, because I'm into that. So I'll spend a lot of time doing that. And then, you know, my eyes, they like what they see, and sometimes when it's not like, I shouldn't be spending that much money on it, but I'll spend money on it sometimes. And, and, and I think that it's going to make me happy, but then next year comes around, right, and then there's another Apple event where they have, like, you know, the next iPhone, the next, what, tablet, something like that, and it's better, it's faster, it has more camera lenses or something, you know, like, it's going to be, it's going to be huge. And then, like, you think, oh, well, oh, maybe I should get that one, right? You get people on Black Friday, you know, people are brawling it out in department stores. People are trampling other people who are getting killed. All right, uh, I, I watched this really interesting um, channel on YouTube. I showed my sister the other day. I just watched it just to like, because it's just so interesting. It's, it's called Sneaker Shopping uh, with Complex or something like that. You, know, you guys know what I'm talking about? Sneaker shopping. So it's like these celebrities, they go shopping and, and then like they kind of do an interview and then they like, buy some shoes or something. Uh, and like there was this episode where this guy, he, he, he bought $40,000 worth of shoes in one, one shopping spree. That's like, that's like, a person's like, it could be someone's entire yearly salary. Like, burn that all on shoes. Like, I thought that, like, that's just, that's just crazy. But in the video, like, people are just like, yeah, man, like, I can do it. Why not? Like, I got the money. Like, I, I can do that. And in fact, like being able to spend that much money, be able to like spend like five dollars, like five thousand dollars on one pair of shoes, that's a sign that I've made it, you know, that I'm successful. When I can get to that point, or because when I was when I was younger as a kid, like a lot of their stories go like this. When I was younger as a kid, like you know, like my parents didn't have money to buy me like these Jordans, so like you know. I would always like wish for it, but I couldn't get it. But now, like that, I'm successful and I have like millions of dollars. Like now, I can go back and like revisit my childhood and get what I couldn't get. So, so now I'm like, like 10k on, on on some shoes, man. Like, why not just do that? Even though I have like 200 pairs at home already, but let me just do that. Or we get people what they get they, like they get shot for the Jordans, you know? Like kids, they like they get beat up over those things. In the, in, the, in the Bay Area, we, we see that work and school success, right, recognition, security, these are things that we want. We want a good job so we can have a good life and be secure and you know, we can uh, save up for our kids and, and have a good life. Right, we're in a very, uh, uh, in, in a culture that, that just idolizes and, and, and in, a, in a wrong way, like sex right, and love, and, and it perverts those things. Like how, many, how many songs and, and artists sing about these type of things, right? And, I mean, it, it could be a good thing, right? Because God created it, and it's, and it's good. But, like, the way they use it, is it in a, is it in a biblical way? What about the movies and entertainment industry? What about, what about families? Right? Families, you idolize your children. Right? Your, your, your children is, like, the most important thing in your life, more important than, what God, more important than God at some point. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't care what the Bible says, or I don't, I don't want to listen to the Bible, but, or, or I don't want my child to follow God, I just want them to be successful. Or maybe God can come second, or what, whatever, but like, not, not first. So for us, when we see our city, when we see where we're living, where we're at, do we get distressed when we see our city full of idols? 
Right? Do we get stressed? Do we, do we feel that? Are we bothered by it? Do we, maybe do we get like a little angry? Like, like does it make you want to do something about it? Or is it just like, you know, that's sad. Yeah, that's, that's, just, that's just pretty sad. And then you move on. Or do you want to do something about it? Like do, you, like, do we even care or are we too busy with our own agenda? We got, we got so many things on our list, to-do list, you know, like, I got to do this, I just don't have time for this right now. Do we have a sense of urgency? So what can we do about it? Okay, what can we do about it? First of all, right, we need to identify what kind of idols, right, that we see in our city. So I gave a few examples, but you guys can come up with more. Right? In your own sphere of influence, wherever you are, you can see that. What is that, what is that idol? What is that thing that, that, that tries to replace God? Maybe is it control? Control? What it, maybe it's approval or comfort or power? Like what, what is that thing? Second of all, learn about your culture. Maybe read the news. Right? See what's going on in the world today. Right, keep up to date. Right, talk with people. Find out what's trending. Right, just yeah, just like that's. It only takes like ten minutes a day, you know. Like maybe just listen on the listen to the news on the on the way to work. It's just like listen to a podcast or something like that. That's what I do sometimes. Like in in ten minutes, you can get like the most up to date world news. Just find out what's going on. I recently I watched an interview on how our world is changing through technology. How with technology, we can advance certain things and we can free up people uh, to do other things, like more important things, better things. Right? But through, you know, through the use of technology, it's also really dangerous. Like, for example, um, they, were t- they were talking about like, what, 3D, 3D modeling and, then, and how like, you, could, you can create some really cool stuff with that. But at the same time with that technology, like, you could take, let's say, like a... a like an image of someone who's really famous, and then you can, uh, like, you can make their mouths like move, and then and then you can insert your own audio, and you can make them say whatever they want, and you can put it online, right? And then like people would be like, oh, that's like, like, how could they say that? And then you could like really like ruin someone's reputation or something. Like that. You know, like there's some good uses, but there's also some bad uses. Like find out what's going on. Like find out what's important today. Find out what what people are thinking about. Right. And then third thing, just to just go for it. Right? Engage people in conversation. Just have a talk. Just say, hey, you know, like, um, like, hey, like, I see that you care a lot about this. Like, why, why, do, why do you value this in your life? Why are you spending so much time on this? Like, oh, and then, like, see what they say. And then, and then kind of, like, talk with them. And then see how you can bring God into the conversation. Right? Use Paul's outline if you want. Verse 32. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. A few men uh, became followers of Paul and believed. Among them were uh, Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus, and a woman named uh, Damaris, and a number of others. So we see here is that not everyone is going to agree with you. And even Paul, who was like so well known, he couldn't even get everyone to believe. That's just the case. That's just the way it is. Not everyone's going to believe with you. No, not everyone's going to want to listen to you. Right? I mean, if you go out, leave the church right now, and you go to say, like, hey, 
Um, do you believe in resurrection? Uh, like that someone can come back from the dead? Uh, like, I, I, like there's a there's a high probability that people are like not going to like believe that. They're not they're not just, just like not going to believe that. Like you mean like Frankenstein? Or like what what are you talking about? And if you and if you tell them that you really believe that, and in fact you know, Jesus resurrected from the dead, they might think you're crazy. They might be like, yeah, you know, like I'm not I don't want to talk about this anymore. But at the same time, you might come across people who want to know more. They are willing to continue the conversation. So in the past, um, I've had some conversations with people, and they're like, "Hey, you know, I gotta go, uh, but I actually do want to know a little more." So like, uh, let's exchange email. Let's exchange maybe uh, I don't know, like uh, a phone number or something like that. A way to the way to keep in touch. And then time to time, like during during that that time period, maybe like a week. I would just send them emails or I'll send some links with that that might help them. Um, we just have a chat on through texting. And like that's a way of just continuing the conversation. And, and sometimes like people in, in that conversation, I just find out, man, they just they don't really wanna they don't really wanna learn. They just wanna argue. Right? And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, like hey, like I think we talked about all that we that we need to. Well, you know, if you want to continue, like I'm open, but like, you know. Some people, they're actually really, really interested. And they're like, hey, well, um, like, I'm actually like, visiting a church now or something. And like, I'm, I guess I'm going to continue through there. I'm like, okay, great for you. Some people are like, you know, thanks for sharing, but I'm actually just, I just disagree because X, Y, and Z. And like, I'm, that's just where I'm at right now. Like, thank you. People are very polite about it. And in, but in the end here, we see that some believe. And I believe that it is, it is because God is at work. That people believe. Only God knows what will happen, but we need to be willing to go, right? We need to be willing to go. So, I'm praying for us as a church that God is going to increase our love for Him and for our community, for, our pe- for the people here. That, that our heart will actually be burdened you know, uh, for, for the people. And, and when we see like, people uh, who don't know the truth, who don't know who God is, who don't know the gospel, and... Um, and they're just, they're just chasing after life. They're just running after life the best that they know how. But we have something that they need to know. And do we feel distressed? Right? Do, we, do we feel like, like kind of bothered? Or are we just like okay with everything? I want to pray that God helps us to see the world the way he sees it. And that he has a desire for people to be won over. I hope that will be uh, in us too as well. I mean, there might be a lot of things that you guys need to think about today. Um... Think about what kind of idols are in this city. Right? Think about like, what kind of things that you and your friends or people in your age group or where you are, wherever you are at, what do they value, what do they care about, how do they live their life, right? And then to really see how you can bring God into that conversation and pray. Pray, God, man, would you please save them? Only you can save them. All right, well, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, or would your kingdom come, would your will be done? On earth, Lord, would our church be a place where, where we can gather around your word and learn and grow and, and get to know each other, build friendships, relationships? Lord, would, we, would you also help us to go? Or would you help us to make an impact in our city today? Or would you give us love for other people? A love that, 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 that can be only shown, Lord, through you. Maybe for some of us, we need to ask for boldness and courage. Maybe we're afraid. Maybe we're like, I've never done this before. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm afraid what people are going to say. Um, I don't know what to say. 
Or help us. Or we trust in you and your goodness that, 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 um, that whatever happens in this life, we, we can put our faith in you and trust you. Um, whether whether, we, whether we, we die for you or whether we live for you, or let us, let us do it all for your glory. I pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I think let's, let's just let's, let's stand and we're going to sing um, uh, the last song. And then we're just going to pass the offering back around at the same time. So offering is just, uh, if you're a newcomer here, don't feel obligated. It's just a, a, it's an opportunity for us to be generous to the Lord. And that helps us to keep you know, uh, things running here as a church. Um, so if you have uh, the desire to give, just give however much you feel like. And with a generous heart and a, and a, and a cheerful heart. All right, let's, let's stand and let's sing the last song.